All right, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19. I have no point in that. That has no point in the message or, or anything. So if you feel edified, bless God. Let's keep, keep be encouraged. You guys like my shirt tonight, GM work, work crew? I wore this thing in the obstacle course, and it is still a little stained. I washed it once, and I took it out, and then I sprayed, like, what do you call that? Spray and washed stuff all over. Like, I doused it and, like, spray and washed, and then I stuck it back in there, and all, most of the stains came out. But if it looks like it has brown on it. It's not because I pooped on it. It's just, did, did he just say poop? <sighs> I did just say poop. Okay, Matthew 19. Matthew 19. We're going right to the Bible because we had a long mingling time and we still have more worship after the service and and I have a long message to preach. Praise God. I'm just kidding. I I heard Elena say one time when 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 you speak so much and you and you preach so much, you listen to what people say about other preachers and even about yourself. And so whenever people say things like, "Oh man, that was that was uh, so it was so good," or "Man, I'm glad that he he used analogies," or "Man, I'm, I'm glad that he didn't." He didn't say the same thing too many times. And, and I was one time I heard Elena recently said, yeah, it was really good. He w- it was short and to the point. And, uh, and I, just, I thought, well, did she say that because I was here? Because I, I just thought that, that I was encouraged to make sure that I, <laughs> I want to be more short and to the point. That'll never happen. So Matthew 19, verse 16. Matthew 19, verse 16. It says this, now behold, one came and said to him, who's him? Who are they talking about? Jesus, right? J-E-S-U-S. Now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit or that I may have eternal life? Verse 17, he said to them, sorry, he said to him, so this is uh, a rich young ruler because we're not going to get into the whole story, but he said to him, why do you call me good? <clears throat> No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. God is good, amen? Amen. Hey, flip over to Psalms 136, Psalms, the book of Psalms. There's a lot of psalms. Can anybody guess how many psalms there are without looking? 150. It's argued, p- people argue that it's actually 149, but how do you argue when there's actually 150 in the book, you know? So, <laughs> isn't that funny, dude? I thought that was funny. You can't argue with it if it's there, you know? I thought you were older than you are. Well, I'm really this old. And they want to argue with you because they actually think you're older than you really were. And you show them your ID, and they're like, I don't believe you. You're like, okay. Actually, some people think that that uh, Psalm 150 wasn't even shouldn't have gone through the canon. But who, you know, that's who cares about that stuff. You know, it's in the Bible. So, <laughs> what's the canon? Are we talking about pirates again? Okay, <laughs> Psalms 136. Psalms 136, and we'll get we'll get going tonight on the Word of God. Okay, it says this: Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy, you can also say his love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy 
endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. Is he making a point here? I think he's making a point. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two. We know that, right? When, Jesus, when God divided the sea for the Israelites to walk through. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings for his mercy endures forever and slew famous kings for his mercy endures forever. Sion king of the Amorites for his mercy endures forever and Og king of Bashan for his mercy endures forever and gave their land as a heritage for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel his servant for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly state for his mercy endures forever and he rescued us from our enemies for his mercy endures forever who gives food to all flesh for his mercy endures forever verse 26 oh give thanks to the god of heaven for his mercy endures forever back to verse one we'll do it again just kidding oh give thanks to the lord for he is good, endures forever. That's what we're here to do tonight is, is in all that we do and all that we sing and all the ways we live, Paul says, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. And all that we do, we want to give thanks to God, for he is good. Amen. Tonight, my message title is God is Good. All the time, God is, God is good. I really appreciated the, the word that Christina and even Reed brought, that God is always winning victories. And my focus tonight is that we would understand that God is not only good at some cool experience, but God is good all the time. And all the time, He is really good. No matter what we're going through, no matter what situation God is good, and because God is good, we ought to give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Amen. Amen. Father, tonight we thank You that You are good. God, we thank You that in all circumstances, in all situations, God, regardless of the climate or the temperature, regardless of where we come from or what we're going through, God, You are good. God, even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, you are with us. And your rod and your staff, Lord, you comfort us. Lord, you protect us and you guide us. Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. 
Lord, you are good. And Father, we ask that your goodness would be expressed and explained tonight. Father, that our eyes would be opened. God, our ears, God, would receive and hear. God, our hearts would, would perceive and, and grasp and receive the truth, the reality that you alone are good. And God, from that understanding, Father, that there would be a grateful, a thankful heart would arise in this congregation, in this gathering, in this body, that we would always learn and always choose to give thanks in all things, God, because you are good. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, I think you all know what, what happened a few days ago. Uh, my most beautiful wife gave birth to my little boy. <clears throat> Zayden Elijah Webb. And uh, I'm actually, today, I'm, I'm going to dedicate this message to him. He's not here tonight. Um, he's my favorite and no, new best friend for sure. Next to my wife, uh, he's the most amazing, amazing little man I've ever seen. Uh, I wish I could have brought him here tonight. Ashley's tired, and, and he's always sleeping and eating, uh, usually both at the same time. And uh, so they're at home, And uh, but I told him, I told him before I left that this message was for him. And so I'm, I'm dedicating this message to him. The reason why I'm doing that is because when he came out and we chose to name him Zayden, Zayden, the origin of Zayden in the Hebrew actually means thankful. And uh, And in that moment... I just felt the Lord speak to me because I didn't want to be here tonight. No offense. No offense. I'm tired. I haven't slept at all. And I've always heard, you know, people say things like, uh, Gabriel, you know, you're not going to sleep when you have a kid. And I always thought they're exaggerating, you know. Uh, they're, they're not exaggerating. They're not, uh, I just haven't slept at all. Reed just went and got me like four, three ibuprofen before this because my head was pounding, but uh, I really did want to be here, but at the same time, I just wanted to be with him and, and hold him and look at him and be with my wife. Um, but I'm here tonight because I felt the Lord put a word on my heart. And that word is for us to, to understand two things. Uh, two things. And the thing, the thing about messages and preaching and teaching is that I, I don't really like it when you get like six-point messages, you know, like ten-point messages, because you kind of leave the service like, what the heck did I even just learn? And I I really like to give one-point messages and uh, because I, I, I want to I make sure that we walk away with one thing and we, and we leave with that one thing. But tonight, you cannot teach about being thankful uh, without teaching first that God is good. And so I want to I emphasize two things today, today, tonight. That first, God is good. And because of that, we need to always give thanks. Does that make sense? God is good. And because of that, we can give thanks. Or, or rather this, you can't really teach to be a thankful person unless you first understand that God is good. Because we give thanks for the Lord is good. Give thanks for the Lord. In other words, give thanks because God is good. Not because of the situation, not because of your circumstance, but give thanks for God is good. And so that's what I want to I want to do that tonight. I want to express and tr- hopefully try to explain God's goodness. Since, uh, since Monday morning, 2.42 a.m., uh, my definition of what is good has changed. I'll say that. Uh, my, my understanding of what is good, uh, of, of what is cool, um, has, has dramatically shifted. Uh, you would never hear me say, 
oh man, it's a really good poop, you know. Uh, you, you, would, you would never hear me get excited. Uh, well, Reed, on the other hand, would. <laughs> we've, heard, we've heard him say that before from the, from the mic. But when you see like a nasty, gnarly, you know, like, you know, like poopy, diarrhea, dar- diaper, uh, that becomes good because he's actually pooping. He's having bowel movements. It's, this is good. And I get all excited, you know, when he, when he burps or he spits up. Isn't it funny we call it spitting up? It's like a nice way of saying puking. You know, it's like, why don't we say that we spit up? We don't spit up. We, we puke, you know. Like, don't we? Anyway. Oh, he's throwing up right now. You don't, you don't hear, you hear, oh, he's just spitting up. He's just, next time somebody's throwing up, oh, he's just spitting up, everybody. He's just, I had to spit up the other night. It was, it was pretty dramatic. Uh, but, but like when he burps, like, you know, you're like, oh, good boy, you know. And, sorry, Alex. And I, I've just, I caught myself about four times, and everybody, my whole family's looking at me like, why does he keep, I would never hear him say that this is good, you know, but my, my definition of what is good is changing because my heart is to make sure that, that, you know, he's eating right and he's burping right and he's, the food is going in and out. You know, you don't want to stay in to get really big and what's weird. And, <clears throat> and uh, actually, if we could, I, I think I have a, 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 a few pictures to show everybody. A few pictures to show little, little Zayden. I think that's, that's an hour and a half after he came out of his mom. He's got his little hat on there. Hey, freeze on that one for a minute. I could look at that all day. So he, uh, that, he, he was, that was yesterday. I think it was yesterday or the day before, but he was just, he was just sleeping. Um, and I was like, you can't pass this up, man. He's, he's so cute. Go ahead and the next one. And then this, we got this. He, he finally opened his eyes. <laughs> His cheeks are amazing. I, one time I picked him up by his cheeks. I'm just kidding. That's horrible. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Thanks, bro. There's Zayden, Elijah, Webb. Praise God. So <laughs> does that make sense, though? Like, like you know, you, you wouldn't really hear too many people say that, you know, a big burp and a big throw up is all that good, you know, but. But to me, in the past few days, um, what I think is good, you know, is, is, has, has dramatically changed. I remember my, my little brother, he's got two girls, and I've mentioned them many times, and they come here sometimes, and, and uh, it's whenever I hold his babies or when they're, like, spitting up on me, I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, get them, get them away. And, uh, and it was so, it's so weird because when it's another baby, their throw-up's nasty, you know, but now it's like, oh, good boy, you just wipe it on yourself, you know. I'm just kidding. That's nasty. Uh, but it's, it's like, it's not, for me, it's like no longer nasty. It's like, oh, God, he just threw up. Yes, he's, because you don't want him to choke, and you don't want him to, like, get caught up in all, of his, in all the milk that he'd been drinking. You want to make sure that he, that he gets that stuff out that he doesn't need in there. And so as I, was, as I said that one day, I think he, it was last night that he, uh, he had a big blowout, man. And uh, is he really still talking about poop? Uh, <laughs> He had a big blowout, and I remember just saying, oh, good boy, you know, and I was so excited because he hadn't pooped all day, and I was getting kind of worried, you know, because I pooped like three, four, five, six, seven. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
No, I'm not. <laughs> and so he hadn't pooped all day, and I wanted to make sure that he was going to have a good poop. And he's going from transition from, from different, like the mom's milk just came in. And so when the mom milk's come in, it's a different kind of a f- food that goes into him. And for the first time, bacteria enters his stomach for the first time. Like bacteria enter his stomach. And so no longer does this poop just poop. Because for the first couple of days, it doesn't stink. Honestly, it doesn't even, it has no smell to it. It actually just looks like tar and it's just black and it has no real, real smell to it. But once bacteria enters his stomach, from that moment on to the day he dies, amen, that poop stinks. <laughs> and I'm, I knew the moment, I knew the moment that that, that poop, that, 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 that he had been drinking milk because his poop started stinking. And I said, oh, good. And I was so excited, you know. And at that moment, I said to myself, my definition of good has, has radically changed. It's radically changed. And, you know, I think even in, in our life as Christians, our definition of good is, needs to change more. Because you hear people say things a lot like, God wouldn't do that. He's a good God. Or, you know, God wouldn't allow that to happen. God is, God is good. And our understanding and our definition of what is good is, is, is for the most part, different than God's definition of what is good. For instance, for you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death is actually good to God. But to us, when we're going through trials and tribulations and hardships, that's not good anymore. Now, I'm not saying that the actual trial is good. But what I am saying is that what it produces is good. But we tend to hate trials. We tend to hate things and circumstances that come, and all along we're forgetting who and what is really good. And if we don't remember, if we don't realize, if we don't set our hearts and set our minds on what is good in the midst of all circumstances and all situations, then we'll lose sight of God, and we'll lose sight of Him altogether. And if we lose sight of Him, we've lost sight of of everything. If you lose sight of the fact, of the reality, of the truth, the simple truth, yet, yet the, 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 the complex, yet simple. How, how does that even work? The simple, yet profound. How about that? The simple, yet profound truth that God is good. If you lose sight of that, then I believe you've lost sight of God altogether. And, and you've lost sight of Christianity. And, and you will either, you'll fall into two things, either religiosity or you'll fall into rebellion. Because either you'll get too religious because you'll try to make God do something good for you because he's not already good. And so you'll turn into a work-based Christian. You'll try to work really, really hard to make God do something good for you because he's not already good. Or you'll just rebel and leave and run away because God isn't good. If you lose sight of God, you'll either become rebellious or religious. But it's because God is good that we're not, we don't rebel. We don't run because God's good no matter what. And we don't turn into religious people because he's good to us no matter what we do. He's just good. I think this is a profound story here, actually, that we find in Matthew 19, where this teacher comes to Jesus, sorry, this young ruler, this young guy comes to Jesus, he was rich, and he comes to Jesus, and he asks Jesus a question about salvation. How should I be saved, or how, what good thing can I do to get saved, right? And Jesus, before he answers salvation, before he, before he takes a few moments, a few moments to even, to even communicate what are the, what are the differences between between what we believe about salvation and what God believes about salvation, before, before Jesus even goes into the topic of salvation, before he even answers the guy's question, before he even goes to that, he first talks about something else. 
He actually challenges what he calls him. Because the young man called him good. And as young people, we do things like that a lot, you know. Two words that we use a lot, love and good. Everything is, is it, I love McDonald's, or that's, hor- that's, just, that's just wrong. Or, oh, I just love that movie, or we throw that word around. And, and then the other word we throw around is good. Oh, that was so good. And I'm not necessarily saying this is wrong. I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just saying that we throw these words around. And I think it's funny that we throw those two words around because there's four things, and I think there's more, but I know that there's four things in the Bible that the Bible says that God is. God is a consuming fire. God is love. God is good, and the Bible says God is light. So why do we throw around two things that the Bible says God is, love and good? And I think it's important for us to understand what good really even means before we start throwing it around, because Jesus really cares about words and word usage. He really cares about it, because he happens to stop this guy before the guy goes anywhere else, before Jesus goes anywhere else, he stops before, and he says, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? Because there is only one who is good, and that is God. Why do you call me good? Does, does anybody else think that they think that's just kind of crazy? That, that, why didn't he just go straight to salvation? Why, why didn't he just go, well, you know, you need to keep, keep the commandments. That you need to love God and love people. He, he could have went straight to that. But Jesus cares about words. I like that about Jesus. I, I do. Because I really like words, too. I like, I like the word for. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Because if that word for wasn't in there, then giving thanks to the Lord would have no purpose for it. I, 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 like, I like word usage. I like the types of words that God chooses to use and, and, and writers choose to use. or the words that the, the Holy Spirit inspires the writers to use. And in here, Jesus chooses to stop this young man at this word good. Because it was at this word good that Jesus was tripped up because he understood that there was only one that was good. God is good. If God is good, then everything he does is good, right? Every way he responds is Good, right? Every, every way he, he even talks is good. The way he created the world is he produced good. He created the heavens and the earth, and he said that it was good. All of Genesis chapter 1, God produces good. In the beginning was God, and he spoke, and everything that came out of his word was good. At the end of Genesis chapter, at the end of Genesis chapter 50, what happens is we find a man who went through hardship after hardship after hardship. And remember what he said? He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You remember the Israelites when they, they get ripped out? We just read it in Psalm 136. They get taken out of, they get taken out of this the sea, or sorry, out of the Egypt. They get taken out of slavery. They get taken out of bondage. It's, it's a picture. It's, an, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a metaphor for salvation. They get taken out of Egypt, right? And they're, they're, they're walking through the Red Sea. They come out on the other side, and all the, all the Egyptians die. And, and in, in chapter 14 and chapter 15 and chapter 16 of the book of Exodus, 
over and over and over again, you find the Israelites complaining. It actually says they complained to Moses and Aaron in chapter 14. Chapter 15, they complained to Moses and Aaron. In chapter 16, they complained to Moses and Aaron. And at the end of that, God just got tired of it. And the Bible says his, he got furious and God, or Moses prayed, Lord, have mercy, you know. Because these Israelites lost sight of the reality that God was good. You only complain in life when you lose sight of the, of the truth that God is good. You only get frustrated in life when you lose sight of the reality that God is good right now. If God is good, if God is good, then that means God is always good, right? Because if he is something, then he can't be something else at another time. So then if God is good right now, then God is good tomorrow. And if God is good in a good season of my life, when it's raining blessings, then God is good when it's not, right? Even, even like that word that Christina brought earlier. We get frustrated. We complain about our financial situations, about school, about relationships. And she mentioned victories. And I, and I want to say the same idea that we've lost sight of the fact that God is good right now. In my situation, in my circumstance. You know, we go to camp. A perfect example. We go to camp, and God's so good at camp. Oh, he's so good, and all the time, and yeah, man, I'll do anything for Jesus. You know, and we come back, and it's not that God isn't good anymore. It's that you've lost sight of the fact that God is good. You know, at salvation, what happened at that moment of salvation is that you had an understanding that this young ruler did not have at that moment was this understanding that God is good, and there's only one that is good, the Bible says, right? That no one is good but God. And you had an understanding, you had a revelation of this one simple truth, that you are not good and God is good. And it was that understanding that brought you to your knees or brought you to your face or brought you to tears or whatever happened in your life. It brought you to this reality that you are not good and God is good and therefore you're giving your life to him forever. It was that that revelation, and what happens with Christians is not that God stops being good. It's that we lose sight of that simple yet profound truth that God is good. The Bible emphatically over and over and over and over and over again emphasizes the goodness of God. Did you know that one of the reasons you were saved was to declare the goodness of God? You were actually made and saved just to declare how good God is. But you know why we don't do that enough? It's because we lose sight of how good he really is. God is so good in your life right now. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care your situation. Set your heart and mind off of your situation and circumstance. Don't ignore it. But don't allow your focus and your whole heart to be so set on it that you lose sight of the goodness of God. Psalms 34 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Right? Well, right before that, it says, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify him. You know what that word means? It means to make big in your eyes. I've had a few people say to me, since I've been holding, holding Zayden, uh, we went to the doctor today, and you got to go to checkups and stuff, and they, they pay, charge you $400 to, to weigh him. I'm like, Really? really okay, i can't do this you know 400 bones okay and 
And, uh, and, and I remember as I was walking through the hallway, somebody said, he's so small. And right when, right when somebody said that, the Lord spoke to me, rebuke him. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Could you imagine? The devil rebukes you. I mean, the Lord rebukes you. Could you imagine? The devil. The devil will praise the Lord. But, he, but I'm holding the baby, and the Lord speaks to me at that moment. The Lord said, because I, well, I got I to explain first. I thought, he's not small. And I mean, I understand he's an infant, okay? I'm not arrogant, or ignorant. I'm not arrogant either. I understand he's an infant. I understand he's small. But to me, right now, he's humongous. To me, he's like, to me, him and my wife are the biggest thing in my life. Like, there's nothing that compares to how grand, how big they are. Like, he's always, I'm always looking at him. I don't even sleep at night. I just look at him. And, and Ashley rolls over, like, every couple of hours. Honey, go to sleep. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm still, like, grasping, like, every centimeter of his cheeks. And, like, what the heck? He's like a human being. And he's a soul. And he breathes. And he looks at me. It's crazy. And, but right now in my life, he's humongous. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. It, it's not that God isn't good. It's that we haven't magnified God and how good he is. It's that we haven't allowed God to be big in our eyes. God is so big and so good. But his people have forgotten to make him big in their heart and their mind and their eye. You know what prayer is? Prayer is not you trying to make things happen or feel better about your religiosity or feel better about you being a Christian. Prayer is about you making God bigger in your heart and in your mind. Prayer is about you making God bigger. Not that he's not already big, but it's taking a magnifying glass on the, on the infinite, on the eternal, on the, on the majestic and the good God that really exists and making him big in your eyes so that you are consumed, that you are undone, that you are broken over the goodness of God. You know what? Every single one of us would get up here and, and, and all night long and give story after story after story after story about all the tough times you've had. Any one of us could. But you know, that, most of us, and that's not true. I've had a way, way worse story than you. But all of us have had bad stories. I've heard it over and over. And what we do is we focus on those stories over and over. My mom left me. My dad doesn't care. Nobody likes me. I weigh too much. I'm not tall enough. I'm too skinny. I'm too short. I'm not as funny as that person. I, I'm not as cool as this person. I, I don't have a mom and dad like that person. I, when I was younger, they beat me. When I was younger, I was molested. When I was younger, they neglected me. When I was, and, and the stories go on, and, and, and there, yeah, I'm sorry, and there's sin in the world, and things happen, and, and I don't mean to minimize that, but what I want to do is maximize how good God is. Because we can either always get stuck on our problems, or we can get stuck on, wow, God is good. We can trip up. If I'm going to trip up, I want to trip up on how good God is. I have people ask me, so Gabriel, how's life treating you? Even people in the world, and I get so frustrated with it. that I don't, I don't say life's treating me. I say, I'm treating life well. Because I don't want to live a life that treats me. 
I'm going to live a life that I treat it. And though life may come, and hardships may come, and though the rivers get stronger, and though the wind blows harder, and storms come again and again, and hardships come again, and obstacles that are stronger and higher than mountains come again and again, I'm going to treat life a certain way because my God is good. And each of us can have that confidence. Each of us can have that security, can have that understanding if we choose every day to magnify, to make big how good God is. Jesus chooses to stop this man at this understanding of the word good because he wanted him to understand that there is no one good but God. That is so important for us to understand that none of us here in this room, no man, no woman, no one ever before Christ or since Christ has ever been good. It's only God. He is good. God's not only good at camp. He's not only good at a retreat. He's not only good when it's your birthday and you're getting a bunch of presents. He's not only good at Christmas time when there's a bunch of Christmas carols being sung about Jesus and everybody's happy, though they act like they're happy. But most places, even in the world, especially in America, even in Alaska, it's the most depressing time of the year. <laughs> God is always good. I, I, can't, I can't emphasize that enough. You want to flip to, to Psalms 107. Psalm 107. Anybody like your Bible? I'm not making this stuff up, man. I'm just, I'm just amplifying what this Bible says. That's all we're supposed to do. Amplify. Our musicians like amplifiers, huh? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for he is good, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hands of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in the desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way, that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give Thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death bound in affliction and irons because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains. And anybody experience this? And broke their chains into pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them. 
and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down against to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in trouble, and he brings them out of distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired heaven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. It goes on and on. And and the last verse, it says, whoever is wise will observe these things. Whoever is wise will look at these things. Whoever is wise will behold these things. Whoever is wise will gaze at these things. Whoever is wise will get caught up in these things. Whoever is wise will observe these good things and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Christianity is a lot more of observing and understanding and realizing and recognizing and comprehending and acknowledging how good, how amazingly good our God is. The wise man observes this. You want to be wise? Observe how good God is when you wake up in the morning. You can either observe how bad your situations are or you can wake up and observe how good God is. Because if you keep looking at how bad your situations are, then your life's going to be a pit of despair, and you're going to be frustrated and agitated, and you're going to be annoyed easily. But when you consider, and when you observe, and when you continue to look at how good God is, you're going to be thankful. You're going to come to a place where your heart is thankful. I want to live a life where I'm always thankful. I want more of my prayers to be thank you, Lord, than oh, please, God. You know that your life can be if you just choose to observe how good he is? You can have a heart full of joy. You know, we see people coming, they're always joyful. And some people are just faking it, but some people that really are, actually are like full of joy. You know, it's not because they're just, they're just some special person. Maybe they actually observe how good God is when they wake up. Maybe they actually take a few minutes to worship God during the day for how good he is. They didn't worship God to make him be better to him. They worshiped God because God was already so good to them. See, but, but we don't do that. You know, we get so caught up in, in how bad our situations are and trials and, and struggles are. It's a battle, you know, because you have to magnify. You have to take the magnifying out and magnify how good he is. When everything else is rushing in like a mighty like a mighty wave, a mighty wind that's coming. Everything else is saying, no, it's not good. Your life stinks. Run. You're a loser. And at that moment, you can either turn to religiosity and get stuck in working hard and trying to make your life better so that God would save you, or you can be rebellious and run away from the Lord. Or you can say the devil's a liar, and my God is good all the time. And all the time, my God is good. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Gabriel, I'm going through such a hard time. I'm going through such a trial. Somebody close to me died. Or, or we, have, we have so many things happen that, 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 that is such heartache. It's such heartache. You know, it, it really is. Through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and you want so many things. You want everything to be fixed. Well, you know what? Not, not everything is just going to be fixed. But you know what is something you can rely on? That God is good and he's with you. Last year, I think it was actually this week, we found out that, that Ashley had a miscarriage. Uh, she was pregnant and she was uh, due sometime later in the fall. And uh, toward the, to, sorry, not toward the fall, but toward the beginning of the next year in January. And, um, and it's something completely unexpected, something you just, you don't, you never think about, something you, you would never think happened to you. You know, I'd never think that happened to me. And, and it was definitely the hardest thing that I've ever been through. And actually that night I got on a plane and went to a camp, a Young Life camp. And, uh, I'm, I'm actually thankful for that. I was actually with my brother, Reed, Reed Anderson, you guys know Reed? And, and you were there too, you were there. And uh, and I remember, I remember in that moment wrestling with my heart, wrestling with life. I mean, I, I never thought of leaving or running. I just I remember struggling so hard and crying so much. And I remember the goodness of God was displayed to me. Thank you through Reed, through him holding me and hugging me and loving me and praying with me. And 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 I'd wake up crying, and he would still be there, and he would talk to me, and he encouraged me, and. And not, we don't always have that. And I'm thankful for that experience in my life that my brother Reed was there with me through that hard time. And, 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 I've, and I really believe I've fully grieved through that whole experience. And part of the reason why we've named him Zayden because we're so thankful that God has given us a baby. God's not obligated to bless us with a child, but because he did, we're so thankful that he showed us mercy and showed grace to give us a child. And, and But, you know, we all go through circumstances and situations and Sometimes God expresses his goodness through people, and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes it's a struggle and a, and a test of faith where you have to consider and, 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 and grasp and observe, wait, my God is good. And when you do that, you can give thanks to the Lord all day, all the time. Hardship or sunshine. God is good. He's won the victory. He's winning one right now. I don't know what it looks like, but I know that right now God, who began a good work in me, will complete it until the day of salvation. My God is good. I, I know that this is happening and this is happening, but I'm going to treat life this way because my God is so good to me. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know why the Lord put this on my heart. I, I, but I do know, I do know that, that we as humans tend to forget the, the simplicity of that God is good and that he's always with us. And if there's anything that I would encourage you, it would be consider that. Observe that. Reckon the reality. Reckon. Consider. Look at it. The reality. The truth. There is a truth. The truth. God is good, and he's with you. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Some translations say, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.
No matter where, no matter what, no matter who, no matter how your situation or circumstances look like, God's will for you is to be a thankful, grateful person, to be a person of joy, to be a person of peace, to be a person of thanksgiving and gratefulness. And though some of us, we, some of us right now, you may say, Gabriel, my life's cool, cool. Well, make sure that, that you make sure that in this moment where your life is cool, that you make sure that you make that you make sure that you make sure that you magnify how good God is in this time, because when the time comes, it is trial and, and a trouble, which it is coming. I'm not prophesying death over you. I'm just saying life happens. When tough times come, when your faith is tested, not at some awesome camp experience where you're isolated to worship God and be around people who love you and die for you, but when you come back, when you go to school, people make fun of you for your faith. Your family goes through a hard time or they fire you at work. Are you going to choose to magnify the goodness of God? Because I believe that's a difference between a Christian who's either rebellious or religious or a Christian who follows Jesus till the day they die is one who magnifies and looks at how good God is no matter what. Worship team, you guys ready? Come up here. It's really hot in here. Isn't it hot in here? No? <laughs> Should have said that. I'm usually not this warm when I'm speaking. It's just, what the heck? That's <laughs> my walk. Anything cold, man. Anything cold. Thanks, bro. The Lord spoke to me right before I got married. The Lord speaks to me a lot through uh, troubling times and through big events in my life. I'm not saying, well, the Lord speaks to me a lot. But what I'm saying is that through tough times and big experiences and things that happen in my life, the Lord happens to be speaking, or I just happen to be listening because I'm so desperate for him to speak to me. And right before I chose to ask this amazing woman who's not here to marry me, the Lord spoke to me something that I, I'll never forget. He said, Gabriel, adultery begins with unthankfulness and ungratefulness. Every time that I struggle or me and my wife get in an argument, it happens. Just being honest. <laughs> or I'm really frustrated. Our relationship changes the moment that I choose to be thankful for who she is. You know, when you're not thankful, you go running and looking for something else. When you haven't fully been thankful and grateful for who God is and how good he is, you're not satisfied and you go looking for something else and you turn this into adultery with the Lord. And all those who desire to get married, that's first, I just say, for marriage for guys and girls. Adultery begins with ungratefulness. The moment that you forget how good God is and how amazing that person that you married is and how amazing that, that God made that person. You, for, you lose sight of that. You, you forget. You, you, you stop being thankful. And all of a sudden, your heart either becomes religious or rebellious. Every day I wake up, I'm, and I, I'm not going to say this. I mean this. 
I wake up and I go, God, thank you, you're so good. And God, I thank you for my wife, Lord. She's just amazing. And I'm away from her. I thank, I thank God for her. I pray for her all the time. I'm thinking about her. I'm just thanking God for who she is and that God put her in my life and that I'm so honored and blessed and privileged that she would, that she would be with me. Some people think, oh, you're, you're just, you're a little Sally. You need to be stronger. No, I, I want to be humble and broken and thankful because it's the moment that I lose that thankful heart that I lose sight of everything else and I leave my wife and I leave my family and I'm never going to lose sight of that truth that my God is good and how thankful I am for my wife. And I translate that whole thankfulness over to the Lord and, and, and adultery with the Lord. You will commit adultery, or rather you will cheat on God, or rather you will leave the Father when you lose sight of how good He is, when you lose sight of how much He loves you. When you lose sight of that, then you lose, you lose thankfulness, you lose gratefulness, and then you leave Christ. You, 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 you lose it, and, you, and, and then adultery happens. You, you, you run away because you lost sight of how good God is. Adultery begins with ungratefulness. Don't forget that. Every day we should wake up, God, you're so good, Lord. And even if my life right now says everything, that, everything against that truth, that, that this isn't good and life stinks and everything's out to get me, there's a simple truth that we all should hang on to. No, God, you're good. You're always good. You've won the victory. You're winning the victory. You're holding on to me. You'll never let go of me. Your love relentlessly pursues me. You're holding on to me somehow, some way. I'm in the palm of your hand. I was, I was in death. I was in mire. I was in mud. I was in muck. And you reached out your hand. You, you ripped me out. You established me on a rock. A rock that's stronger than me. And a rock that is higher than me. And you established me. You set my feet firm and secure. And you'll never let me go. Some reason you're just going to hold on to me. You're not going to let go of me. You're going to keep me there. And then from that moment on, on top of that rock, you're going to bless me and bless me. From that day on, all your focus is, is how you can bless me, how you can show me goodness, how you can show me mercy, how you can show me grace. That is your will for me, Lord. And I don't want to lose sight of that. I don't want to lose sight of that. That, God, you're good. Your love endures forever. Your mercies endure. Your goodness endures. All the days of my life, loving kindness, mercy, and goodness will follow me all, all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you stand with me?